0: Rick for dirt the podcast recorded oh.
1: after the adventure happens oh oh i guess huh? this time <laughs> well technically it is the podcast that brings the adventure but exactly yeah we got a. Uh, we were we had big big plans we, when had, we, up in big we Bear. had
0: big big plans and then um what's that what's that uh that jackass that always makes things happen um that Santa says whatever <laughs> No, Santa Claus. (laughs) No, the one that says whatever can happen will happen. (laughs) Oh, Murphy's Law? Yeah, stupid Murphy. That guy's a dick. (laughs) Wherever you are, Murphy, I'm never inviting you to go with us.
1: (laughs) It's a little weird almost having kind of like this ghost audience. It is
0: a little weird, huh?
1: We'll see how far we get with this. Yeah. um,
0: I kind of like it, but yeah, it is weird because you feel like you have to look at it. Yeah, And normally we talk to each other or we just kind of hang out, like right. you kind of have this urge to look at the camera.
1: We'll eventually get over that part. Yeah, we'll get but over But for now, I'm, yeah, I'm drawn to the iris of the camera lens.
0: <laughs> yeah, so thanks for joining us. I'm Frank. And I'm Ollie. And uh, we're going to talk about what happened after our last episode, the prelude.
1: But first, to- who the fuck is bringing this to you, Bob? Oh, that's
0: right. That's right. Uh, Rebel Off-Road. Uh, Star tires and Demello off road, and of course our friends have always Casey.
1: Yep. Um. You know, if it wasn't for these guys, uh, me and Frank couldn't justify doing this to the wives. And- right. <laughs>
0: Specifically to the
1: wives. This <laughs> makes money, damn it! It really does. It's not just my hobby.
0: It's so funny because we have this camera rolling. Um, we're sitting here, and we have a a background, and I I got this like total Wayne's World vibe, yeah, like. <laughs> Like, we're sitting in the basement, and we're just, like, goofing off. and uh, Party on, Frank. Right, party on, Ali. <laughs> and uh, at some point, we're going to we're gonna hijack a studio and, and play our podcast to the world.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll just hijack uh, Sean Holman's uh, truck show podcast. Right, <laughs> we'll show up in the... What the fuck are you guys doing here? We'll show up in Kate. Can you close the door, please? <laughs>
0: oh, that would be a funny spoof, to do a whole thing like that, instead of, like, hijacking a radio station to play a song. Yeah, well, we hijack Sean's. We hijack Motor Trend, Discovery Channel's uh, studio to, to, our to do our podcast. To play our podcast, play our demo, man.
1: <laughs> We're the next big thing. Oh, our- I swear! I <laughs> swear.
0: Oh, Wayne's World. Some of you might be too young to remember Wayne's World, and if that's the case, oh, Jesus, uh, you need to watch it. Just that's just a PSA. Um, go watch Wayne's World. That's sh- that movie's fantastic.
1: It's kind of sad when you think that there's uh, things out there that there are generations that we actually commingle with, right? Who have no clue what the fuck we're talking about. Oh,
0: totally. Yeah. Like I was, I'm starting now to get to the point where I do feel old. Mm-hmm. Like as far as my references, you know. And I remember when I was younger and I'd hear the old guys make their references. Although back then they were making references about when shit was in black and white. Sure. So I feel, I don't feel like it feels old, but not the same kind of old. If that makes any sense,
1: dude, I, I put on K Earth now, and uh, <laughs> and it's actually like <laughs> holy shit, it's like classic rock, and I'm like, fuck, this it's is like the '90s. Awesome, yeah, well, this is an awesome channel now. <laughs> Was that Nirvana? <laughs> <laughs>
0: fuck. None of that soda shop, <laughs> soda jerk, poppy. Yeah, crap I don't even know. The uh, I think that's
1: called classical now. <laughs>
0: classical and uh, and
1: old <laughs> classical is now considered the music of the ages. Oh man.
0: Yeah, same, yeah, I was <laughs> I listened to Sirius XM or you know, satellite radio a lot and the eighties station recently started dropping in nineties. Yeah. And I was like,
1: Oh fuck. But eighties is eighties. Eighties like, is eighties. You it's can't so, change eighties. Yeah,
0: like you it's new wave. You can't just like drop in it specifically it's a new wave station. What is so it
1: putting like, ninety in there or something? Or what? Like-
0: I don't know what they're putting in there like I don't know I mean I mean I know they put a few um and it's mostly because Tom Morello does a show on it now okay and so he brings in some of that fuck
1: music. my best songs are right from exactly. this decade
0: <laughs> fuck it you're gonna was, listen to this I was playing with spoons and pans in the 80s man nobody wants to hear that <laughs> Jeez.
1: Um, we, have, oh, we definitely man. have uh we have we, similar tastes and very different tastes in music. yeah
0: yeah that's true which is you know that's the good thing right that keeps it it keeps it fresh
1: which is a great segue to something that Frank and I are cooking up. That's right. And uh, be on the lookout on socials uh, for when we release it. And that's yeah. all. That's all I'm going to really say about yeah. it until uh, yeah. we're just going to try to we're going to try to hang out with you guys on your road trips. Um, yep. Beyond just listening to our voices. Exactly. So we got some cool stuff. Some in the cool works. stuff. Um. But beyond that, yeah, man. I mean, we had some big plans for Big Bear. Um. I was invited out by was invited out by um my buddy scott durkin who's the trail reaper adam of that one dude uh and they were inviting a bunch of other friends um i said hey can we do a podcast they're like sure so honorary fake jeep got to come along except you drove in my jeep <laughs> um but you do you, you yeah. have an fj so you kind of you're kind of part of the jeep crew i'm in there uh, it's got round lights up front and uh so you rode Kodog with me, which yep. was cool. In um, the
0: doorless Kate, the doorless Kate. Yep.
1: And feeling like after, especially after Moab, like we were just gonna walk all over everything. And oh yeah, nothing was gonna be yeah, a problem. I mean, we, were,
0: we were riding high on our horse. We were like, I mean, and not not in a cocky way, just like feeling like you said, feeling good vibes, everything. It was yeah. just like it's game on. Let's do this.
1: It was it was a good it's a good group. Like it was. Uh, so I'll go by the Instagram handles, but it's like yeah. Money Pit. Um, and then uh, um, bombshell Jku. Mm-hmm. It was oh that one dude mm-hmm. Trail Reaper, yours truly, and then Alfie. Yep, Alfie. D T. Fuck, I always forget this uh, stupid it's letters. D T L A
0: J L J L J L. JL, J-L. J-L, J-L yeah. something like that. Yeah, it's, but he's like his 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 Instagram handles like part Morse code, kind part of, it's like. It's just there's too many you like. Need, just like to get the Enigma machine consonants. to figure it out. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Um, I love that guy though. Yeah. Alfie's the best. One of the few people who like actually knows where he wants to be on his limit of driving. Yes. And does just what he wants to do. Yep. With no qualms about being the slower yeah. guy.
0: Yeah. He, 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 I, you know what I love most about him is, is exactly that. And then the, and on, and on the back side of that, he doesn't succumb to peer pressure.
1: Not at all. Yeah, he's, he just, he's like, OK,
0: yeah, he, you can't you can't convince him that this is cool and he should do it.
1: Like he, you should go 45 miles an hour right now. Yeah. No. He's,
0: he's like, cruising, you can.
1: 25. Yeah.
0: I'm having 20. a great time yeah. doing 25. <laughs> Jeep feels great.
1: And it's going to keep feeling great after this.
0: <laughs> That's, I'm going to drive it home.
1: Me. I'm like, damn, the Jeep is amazing. We're flying down this trail. Fuck. We just blew a tire. <laughs> That's right. So, so let's I guess, up. Yeah, well, i, was I guess gonna say that's up. like the. So we we show up like the Friday night. Yep. Before the before like the guys had already been on trail that entire day, uh, we caught up to them right as they were arriving back at the cabin, and um, we we waited around for a little bit. They showed up um, immediately. It was such a good vibe. It was. We watched them blow, blow. off their yeah. jeeps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, a pressure blower, <laughs> a high pressure blower, is actually like. Part of the equipment bag yeah, for guys I, who run. I've never doorless. seen that before, but they all had theirs. Like yeah, battery powered ones or whatever, and yeah. just blowing the dust off. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense.
0: It does. It, I mean, it made it really convenient. The cleanup. I can't imagine cleaning that much dirt out of the interior of your Jeep like that. Always to me, has been like one of those cringy things that Jeep people do when it's like they roll through the desert right. in these super dusty environments. I mean, you saw when they jumped out of their Jeeps, they're hugging you, and you're patting their back, and, and it's dust like, is flying off. It's like pig pen. From I've I've never seen that that cartoon be more accurate. Like it's just a cloud of dust yeah. comes off these guys, and for me, that's always been one of the most cringy things that Jeep people do. Like doorless, like Jeep doorless, people. they're covered in dirt. They have like this thick layer on their face and their clothes, and it's just like, how can you guys tolerate that? Like me, if I was covered in dirt. I would be miserable. At least I think I would.
1: Maybe I wouldn't. I don't I don't know. I mean, were you miserable when we were no, doing our no, thing? No, it felt fine when, when we were, we were out there.
0: covered in dirt. That's I mean, yeah, that's true.
1: I mean, I literally like I was pulling dirt out of my ears like a couple days later. I mean <laughs>
0: That's true. I didn't feel bad on the way back. Yeah, when we drove yeah. back, I felt fine. I wasn't like I wasn't feeling like a total dirt bag.
1: No. And it's I, I think you just you know, you're more connected to the trail. You see things better, like yeah, you know, half the door is missing, so like you just stick your head out and you right. can see like right down the side. You're
0: like, oh, that's a rock going right by my little toe. Yep. <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, so we saw them. They were dusting off their jeeps, um, which definitely sounds like something I want to get now. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, our cabin was right next to Scott's house. Yeah, like literally next door. Yeah, literally next yeah. door, and it was really cool. And Scott's whole family came out. He's got these two little shredder kids. He's awesome wife. Like just good family vibes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh and yeah, so uh they started making um we had tacos. We had tacos. Yeah, we we had amazing uh, tacos.
0: Um cord cord had been I think it was like a brisket or something that he'd been yeah. he'd been smoking like all day. They put it in when they left. Yep. And had been smoking all day, and so he had so he made tacos from that and it was oh.
1: so good. And there were so many oh, leftovers. It was, amazing. it was like one of those things where like at night I kinda like opened up the fridge and like took <laughs> is, a couple bites. You're like, is there any left? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and
0: we did the and so the last episode we recorded that night. Right. Right. That was like the night that we recorded. So literally we didn't know what we didn't know because it hadn't happened yet. So That's right.
1: Even before the trip. Yeah, yeah, before we actually got on trail, before we, we got on the trail it, the next, next morning. Before, yep. Yeah, that was up Friday night, and
0: even that night there was still like some not chaos, but like people they were they were fixing the wreckage from that day with Alfie's jeep. Remember, That's right? Yeah. They were trying to get um, his uh, valve his tire. stem broke off. and the valve stem broke off, so they mm-hmm. had to get the tire off. They get the wheel off, tire off. Um, he, he sheared the monster valve mm-hmm. on a rock, and so luckily Scott had one, and that that's what they were working on. They were able to replace yeah, it. Yeah, they were able to replace it, and that was crazy. Like, I mean. It's more work than you would expect to break a beadlock on a on a, um, on, oh, a bead lock, on a beadlock on a beadlock wheel. Like,
1: well, here's so here's the thing um, on a on a beadlock wheel, the bottom the bottom seal is what's seated. The back the back side is, right, is seated. The back side is seated. Yeah. But the top side actually isn't seated. Right. So you don't have to worry about seating both sides. Right. All you got to do is push out the wheel the tire from the rim, and then get your hand in there pull off the Valve stem, replace it, and then kind of seat it back down and then put the bead, uh, the ring back the on, the ring back on. Yeah, and then that's it's a pain in the ass to properly do it because you have to go crisscross like a million yeah. times. <laughs> um, but then once that's on, then you just fill it up with it. Yeah, and good. Yeah, so it's not, it's not a on a beadlock, I think it's easier than on a traditional forge. Just a I don't know, man. They struggled
0: right? breaking the beadlock on the back. Oh really? Oh yeah. They, I mean, they were, they had Adams Jeep up on the tire to try and pop the bead. That's, yeah. And it was they struggled for a little, but they got it eventually.
1: Could but, you imagine if they had to do both sides? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No thanks. <laughs> so that's cool. Um, after After they were done with that, we kind of went and did our podcast. That yeah. was cool. That was the last episode. Um, and then the next morning, we all woke up. We went and got donuts, and things were. It was a pretty
0: leisurely, pretty chill morning. Like yeah. we didn't get up at the crack of dawn. It was we didn't get up late either. It was mm-hmm. super chill. Everyone got cleaned up and ready to go, and did their morning routines. Got coffee, the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you went and got donuts yep. for everybody. Um, yeah, I mean it was everything was looking fantastic.
1: Yeah, we didn't really have too many issues with death wobble either. Like that's true. On the way up. On the
0: way up, we got a couple, right? <laughs> fucking like 10,
1: <laughs> 10, times. I'm like, I already oh blocked
0: God. out eight of those. Then. God.
1: The, the good thing is when you're going up a mountain and you get death wobble, it's okay if you slow down almost to a stop because yeah. people are almost expecting you to like, and there was enough room. So we got away with a lot of stops without a lot of slowing
0: down without having to actually disturbing traffic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's
1: such a pain in the ass. I mean, you got to fully, fully witness it now. It was um I mean the good news is after everything that happened the the death wobble went away. <laughs> but we'll get That's to true. it. We'll we
0: fixed the de- we fixed the death wobble that day. <laughs> we'll get to it. We'll get to
1: it. Oh man. Um so yeah, so we get up and everyone kind of heads out to this uh gas station um and everyone's ready to go and then one of the guys is late. John. Yeah. Ready to go, John. John uh got I think that was the start of uh, Scott actually not being in the best mood of the day. And... We were at least, what, 20, 30 minutes late from when we originally won? It the... was definitely more than 30. Yeah, more than 30. It wasn't was an hour, probably before. 45. Good five. chunk.
0: Yeah, 30, 45 minutes late.
1: <laughs> I like to blame him being late to everything else that happened to me, actually. Had <laughs> he not where, been late.
0: Because, because he brought Murphy with him. Yeah. That's what happened.
1: <laughs> he threw off the the mojo. Yeah.
0: At that the... point, Murphy was, like, firmly sitting in the back seat. And he's like, I'm just going to clip in, and I'm here for the rest of the day, you guys. So,
1: haha. <laughs> yeah with a bunch of dust in his mouth um <laughs> and uh finally john shows up but he hadn't gassed up yet so we're waiting for him to gas up and that was just an insult to injury first for poor old scott yeah and <laughs> finally finally uh we get underway and um we went we went to this uh trail it's called rattlesnake canyon um and then the trail itself was Motino wash
0: uh, we went out two and o oh two,
1: yeah, so two and o oh
0: two, which is Burns Canyon, and then we does turned, that connect to Rattlesnake? It does. We turned okay. off into Rattlesnake. Okay. Um, and then and then from Rattlesnake, I think it was to, to Montino, yeah, to Montino Wash.
1: Yeah. Okay. So Burns Canyon, um, that, that trail, the two and oh 2 mm-hmm. the one that we were on, that was fun. That
0: That's was... a gorgeous trail that we've done. I mean, I've done it multiple times. It's a super chill. Super nice trail. Like, if pretty you scenic, pre- or- very scenic. Yeah, you go through a Joshua tree forest. You go oh,
1: through- bro, those Joshua trees. Yeah.
0: I, oh, well, that's okay. the ones. So I'd never been into Rattlesnake and towards Montino. Uh-huh. I'd only been in Burns. Oh, and, so just a regular Joshua Tree. And so Burns has Joshua Tree, a Joshua Tree forest. That like you drove, would see on the Mojave. Exactly. Or anywhere, it's it's yeah. it's really dense. It's beautiful. It's in this valley. It's nice and flat. And it has these these even other trees mixed in that make this tunnel. Right. Right. That you can drive through on the trail. Like it's it's gorgeous. But holy shit, you're right. Like when you go in deeper, which I'd never been into. Those are...
1: Dude, okay, so I, I would say a large Joshua Tree, I mean, 12, 15 feet. Yeah. Like, in Joshua Tree Park, like, yeah. you know, you'd see them. They're, they're towering over you. They're, they're large. Yeah. But they're usually, like, one main, like, trunk to, I don't know, seven, eight, like, offshoots and maybe a couple yeah. shoots off of them. Nothing... Nothing that makes you really feel like overwhelmed, like an oak tree would like. Me. Right,
0: when you say the word tree, you assume like this thing is tall, it's beefy, it's huge, and you see a Joshua tree and you're like, ah, it's you know, it's a it's little tree, like a cactus. It's a cute tree. Yeah,
1: it's a, <laughs> it's a prickly tree. It's a
0: prickly tree. Yeah, it's a prickly sapling. Um, yeah.
1: No fucking oak trees, but in the form of Joshua yeah. trees. These
0: are, and I. I meant to Google it when we got back. I totally forgot because I don't know the they, rate. They
1: have to be the biggest Joshua trees in the world.
0: I've never seen. I mean, to say they were like, if you take a thirty-seven or a forty, take a forty-inch tire, a diameter of a forty-inch tire, the trunks of these trees were bigger than that. Oh yeah, yeah, no, it way was, bigger.
1: It was it was pretty insane, and they towered like twenty-five feet. I yeah. want to say. Oh, easy. easy,
0: thirty feet. Some of these easy, and the, and they had so many arms coming off of them that you couldn't even count them. Like yeah. they had like. Dozens upon dozens of arms shooting off the top. Like it, it almost looked like if you took a weeping willow, but in the form of a Joshua tree, like all prickly and spiny, or like like an oak. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's like, I would say it was worth the price of admission for totally. everything that happened. I was stoked, like, and I'm I guess just geeking out on nature, but it was just so cool to yeah,
0: see that. I've never seen Joshua Trees that big in my life.
1: I mean it got to the point where I'm like, I gotta stop, I gotta take a picture, and nobody <laughs> argued because everyone else was like everyone oh, else, yeah. These exactly. are the biggest fucking Joshua Trees we've ever seen too. Yeah. And so
0: I'm just curious how old they are because I know they don't grow quickly. And so I think someone said that uh, Joshua Tree doesn't get its first offshoot until like 15 or 20 years oh really like it just grows grows in a state as a like a like a post and then it doesn't get its first offshoot i want to say we learned that from the ranger when we were at mojave That's but i don't know exact i don't remember the exact number of years so i went to google it so if any of you know we'll post that picture of of kate with the Joshua yeah. trees let us oh. know how long how long how many years it takes for these things to get that size. you'll see
1: how much this tree towers over it's, this it's ridiculous vehicle. yeah <laughs> um and what's actually interesting too is uh that similar kind of concept of the first offshoot or the first like branch doesn't come off until like for the Joshua trees yeah. at twenty, like those cactuses, the cacti in Arizona. The, oh those, yeah, the those iconic, you know, the saguaros. Yeah, is, is that what I they're think they're called? Saguaros. Yeah, like their first offshoot doesn't happen until like sixty. Yeah, and wow. I, I never knew that. I'm like, oh wow, it's like that kind that, of puts a perspective. Yeah. Like
0: yeah, when you see ones that have like three or four. I don't They're know if like, it's like every
1: sixty years they shoot one off, or or, or if they at just start sixty. At they 60. Start to, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, that was cool. So yeah, and so like we're flying down this trail, and I'm feeling really good, and she's, I mean, the suspension is just performing. Oh my gosh, amazing! It
0: is butter. Yeah, like, like like being on a cloud on the, on these trails, like, and you get to experience later in the in the podcast you'll hear the inverse of this, <laughs> but you really get an appreciation <laughs> for a for how like I think we forget, right? We we remember what our vehicles were like stock, mm-hmm. and then we we add these these shocks and do all this stuff to them and bigger tires, and then we get used to how they drive, yeah. right? And we forget what it was like Before. when when they had like just Back super in the day. yeah when they had like no travel and super stiff suspension, and we thought you know we thought we had it good, yeah. And man, talk about we, we were I mean we were cruising on a cloud. I couldn't believe how smooth that that suspension was.
1: Yeah, it was insane. I mean. Yeah, I've never, I've never, exp- like, well, actually, no, we experienced that. I would say, on fins and things, um, that level of like, yes. this should feel a lot rougher. And it yeah, was, I should it be,
0: wasn't. I should have my my kidney should be bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't. It was this is like, it was, it was just like going through like whoops in Johnson Valley. I'm Some like of that.
1: those ledges you come off of were like a foot and a half, right. or whatever, And you just don't really feel you expect
0: it. this big drop where you're gonna jerk and go kerchunk. And it didn't.
1: It just kind of floats over.
0: It just kind of feels like you're coming off a curb.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and so same same kind of vibe on this one. And we had like so many people ahead of us just who boned out. And given that we had half doors, we put a lot of space between ourselves and right. the people in front of us. And I think for the first part, you were actually in Alfie's Jeep anyways. Yeah. Um,
0: I was trying to protect the camera mostly on the way out to yeah. make sure the sensors and lens weren't like completely dusted out <laughs> right. by the time we got to where we wanted to go.
1: Um, but yeah, I mean, I... Like I was, I was going, yeah. I was going and, um, she, I mean, she everything was, was super, good. She was super responsive. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I, I just can't, I can't speak highly enough of like how this, this suspension system, the, the recon DSS, which is the dual shock system yeah, with the Bilsteins and the Ibox, like all working hand in hand, um, the long arm kit, everything, it just, was I definitely have amazing. a
0: newfound respect for the Bilsteins. Um, not that I didn't respect them before, but I just didn't have an experience with them. Right? Like I've I've ridden in vehicles with icons, with kings, mm-hmm. with you know everything else. And the only my only experience with Bilsteins was the lower end, the stock stuff that you get right. when it, on the TRDs or even on the FJ. Like the, my trail teams came sure. with Bilsteins, but they're the monotube, super basic stuff, right? And so, you know, it wasn't until I rode in Kate that I got to see some high end. Versions of what Bill Steen can build—it's impressive, man. I am, I am, I have a definite respect for what they, what, what those guys are doing after, after what we've been through.
1: Awesome, yeah. I mean, I, I myself just totally stoked on, on just how it went, and too stoked because eventually you jumped into my Jeep and we kept going and we came around a corner. And I took the corner just like the slightest bit too wide. Yeah. And ended up. uh, uh, Just went. Yeah, ended up deflating
0: uh, the rear. This rock was just jutting out of the wall, like just enough. Just enough to where if you weren't in the center of the trail, you would nick it.
1: Like a little piece of shit finger. Yep. Just just, poking. Yep. Just a little little
0: middle finger sticking out, going, ha.
1: Gotcha. So. That happened. And so I had my first flat. I've never had a flat before.
0: Knock on wood. I've never had one either. Yeah. So for years of of wheeling and going all <laughs> over the country, I've
1: never had one. So got got a slice into the tire, and it was a full flat. And I hadn't I didn't really hear it because I was ready to go again. And you're like, wait, Ollie, Ollie, Ollie. Yeah, like, flat, 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 flat. Yeah. <laughs> like,
0: fuck. You can hear it. You can hear the hissing. You're right, yep. your is rotating.
1: So that happened and uh Ultimately, took us down for about I'd say forty minutes.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: There's having a to, lot. There's a lot involved in like having to pull your massive thirty-eight inch tire, and you know I can only imagine for guys with like forties and up. Yeah, I
0: think people underestimate this. That that's the part that gets me when guys start throwing these big tires that are thirty-sevens, even thirty-fives, up on the roof of their vehicle. It's like if you actually have a flat, man, that's that sucks. Such a pain in the yeah, ass. Yeah, having to pull a tire off of that high height of a distance, like even. Even lifting the tire to put it on the tire carrier right. on the back. Yeah, that's what I was. Doing. Yeah, like
1: it's like what a pain in the ass. Um, so, I mean, do you
0: know how much yours weighs? Like, how much do you? How much because you did it? So, would you guesstimate like with tire and wheel how much how much of a lift that was?
1: I don't even want to say because I'll sound stupid. I don't, I don't actually know. <laughs>
0: it's got to be close to hundred pounds though.
1: I would. Oh, easy,
0: right? Oh no, no, easy, be. yeah,
1: easy, a hundred, over a hundred, yeah, um, yeah, between the rim and the tire, yeah. So that's a lot of what they like to call unsprung mass <laughs> so if you think of think of sprung mass as everything that's resting and on the rotational coils. mass yeah yeah and then unsprung is just the stuff that's below the springs right that's yep. just like pushing down into the ground yep um but it's a lot of mass rotating there yeah so anyways uh got the tire changed it's so funny too because just one more corner and we would have been caught up to the group
0: we were literally less than we were less than 100 feet from where the group was. We, we just right. couldn't see them because it was a corner, but they said they could hear us laughing and like trying to solve this thing.
1: Which was actually a cool thing, because yeah. we were laughing. We and were, yeah. Honestly, I would say <laughs> the biggest takeaway from this entire experience, and it gets better from here, but the, 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 the biggest takeaway is how important it is to have the right crew with you oh, yeah. on the trail, um, because it can make or break a bad situation. Like... A bad situation can still be a great learning experience. Totally, as long as all parties are invested in the fact that this shit happens. Yeah, as soon as you get the one douchebag who's like, "I can't believe we're like stuck. I want to go home. Go Screw home. this. I'm out of here." Yeah, dude, that, that's just that's, that's such a end. bad
0: because bad that day. just poisons the well at that point. It's sure. that's, that, that's it. Like every that you begin this cascade of bad attitude and like people getting frustrated. Like it just starts to kind of go downhill from there. So,
1: so. Yeah, I mean, tire happened, and then we were back on the trail, and I'm like, okay, just gotta make sure I stay more wary of of rocks, and you know, just drive a little bit more chill. And uh, I thought, I I literally thought because I'd never gone through that before. That was that was my yeah, that was my break.
0: That was it. Yeah, you're like, all right, got mine out of the way,
1: got my break. (laughs) And uh, um, and uh, Murphy had other plans. Basically, uh, we get to Matino Wash and we start on this trail and it's considered one of the more technical trails in the Big Bear area, like one of the harder ones.
0: Yeah, I mean the trail itself is it's it's a wash, right? It's easy, but it has but the trail contains two obstacles one of which is is pretty gnarly. I think people I think I mean I know I certainly underestimated it just looking at it. I was like that doesn't look that bad. Right. Especially what we came off of in Moab. You know, like I was
1: Dude, we did everything in Moab and had no problems yeah. except for Death Wall, yeah. which was
0: yeah, and so, but you're right. Like I think Scott said that was like one of the most difficult obstacles in Big Bang. and
1: it's so like I'll, I'll, we'll post. Hopefully, we'll post some. Yeah, I'll, we'll have pictures. Clips. Yeah, for sure. But like it's so misleading. I mean, actually, when you first see Scott, like because Scott took it first, yeah. you see how high up he goes, like an elevator up, and then like comes down. Yeah, there's a lot of angle there, which is yeah. feels like looks sketchy and whatnot. Right, but. Ultimately, I guess what I'm saying is like once I got myself to it and didn't really make it up Scott's line because Scott has fucking 43s and yeah. you know, massive clearance yeah. um, that I'm lacking and a lot more seat, you know, seat time that I'm lacking and just ex- has done that trail far yeah, more times than I have, that specific trail, which I'm actually right, lacking because right. I've only done it like once. Yeah, um which is the time that I broke up <laughs> this time and he does it and you're like damn but it's it looks doable yeah and he had to do
0: it i mean he he did it twice right he he had he approached it once and sure. then and, and reposition and then he repositioned but the funny thing is is that when he repositioned it was a matter of inches to a different direction right right just like i mean he moved over like 3 inches to one direction and then he climbed he walked right up it and it to me i was sitting up on top of that same boulder that he was climbing up shooting downward right. and it was mind blowing to me how just that minor difference in line, how it changed everything for being for traction and for his tire being able to reach the other side and start to pull him up. Right. Like it was, it was crazy. Like those little details, like, they matter.
1: I'm, I'm dealing with this uh, this camera. We just literally like I mean, we didn't just get it, but we've been messing with this camera right. that we're that we're using right now, and it's a little bit of a, a learning curve. Yeah, um, it's, a it's a little tricky. It's a little tricky. Uh, hopefully that'll work now. Yeah. It shut, it shut down after like X amount of time. Hmm. Anyways. So he does it. And then Adam essentially walks up it cause he saw the line and right. he's, he's got a very capable Jeep. Um, John came, had a little bit of trouble and, uh, and then Alfie did the, Alfie did the bypass. His, his girlfriend did cord. What did the cord do cord go up it? Okay. I feel like Cord was in front of me, right?
0: Yeah, Cord. Yeah, you were the last one. Yeah, I was the last yeah, one. Yeah, Cord did go up it. So Cord went the other way. He went the the high road. Oh, the high road yeah. right off the bat.
1: Okay. Yeah. So and the high road, uh, the high road. Hey, always take the high road. Right? <laughs> um, I had to try the low one, but the high road—that's the one that was super misleading. Yes. It didn't look like anything. Right. Like, it didn't look like anything we haven't done before.
0: Right. Because that one made it look like a ramp. Like you were basically just going up this dirt ramp. And then you would it would basically took half the elevation away from the obstacle. Yeah,
1: and it was just, dude, all all I gotta say is what a combination of things <laughs> to have happen um, <laughs> to make the unexpected just this total shit show. Oh um, my gosh. So yeah, I went, I tried the the main line first, and you know, my angle was off right off the bat, I could tell. But I think for the sake of trying to uh keep things chill, um Scott wanted me to go up the high the high side. Yeah. And it was by that point, I don't know what had happened with Scott or there was just a lot of like tension already because I It took us a while to get John up. We had to stack a shitload of rocks. So people were kind of smoked.
0: Yeah, there was some frustration. Like, I think I think that's what it was. Not not even frustration. Like, you're right. People were just kind of worn out because they were because they were they were moving a ton of rocks to try and get John up. Right. Because the other thing that's really deceptive about this obstacle is that the entire bottom of it before you hit that wall is loose giant boulders. Yeah, they're
1: all loose. They're all they're loose. They're moving constantly. So
0: no one is doing the exact same no, line. No one right. no one is experiencing really the point. exact same approach because these boulders are getting jutted around by the guy in front of you. So like literally moving like feet. literally. Like these are yeah. boulders that are like I don't know how to explain them, but they're huge. They're I mean, probably the size like,
1: of a DeWalt uh, shop vac.
0: Yeah, at least. Okay. Yeah, the smaller ones. There were some big ones that were, and they all rock, and they all roll. But you're right, like a total shop vac size at you know a bunch of those.
1: So what happened was all these people moved these rocks in the worst possible ways. Exactly. So and they made this giant ruined, dirt pit. It ruined my attempt. <laughs> Had it not been for all of them, I would have I walked up to it I would have walked right up it. Right up it. Bro. Got those milestones. <laughs> yep. Um. No. Nothing could save me. Um. I was a victim of my own uh, circumstance. So, after multiple attempts of trying to get up, this we come up with the idea of, oh, let's just winch. Yes. And we hook up first to the back of Adam's rig. Right. And uh, I'm thinking every time I've ever hooked up a winch line to another vehicle, I've gotten up wherever the fuck it was. That mm-hmm. I was trying to get up.
0: Like pretty and relatively soon. Like you didn't have to wait. Yeah. All right,
1: so we start to winch, and Adams Jeep's actually coming back it's towards getting us, pulled
0: towards you, yeah, towards us, which yep. is
1: a testament to Warren. You know, not a product plug, but just is what it is. Yeah, like that uh ten thousand Xeon Platinum freaking brought brought Adams Jeep right to me. Yeah, and you're talking about pulling. <laughs> it in rescued a the wrong, it recovered thousand plus pound Jeep. Yeah, towards me. Yeah, and uh and I was anchored. I was like, and, and I think I, I wish like hindsight's twenty twenty. I wish, looking back now, I wish I would have just like backed off, repositioned, yes. maybe stuck ten more rocks, something, something. Um, but I had just, I placed myself in just the right spot to where I was literally like sunk in, I was dug in. I just didn't know it. No one really realized it. And if they did, they were just waiting for me to break. So yeah. fuck you. Um, but uh, at one point, it's like that's not working. It's pulling me in. Yeah. I'm like, hey, what if we anchored to this you know, higher up and there was a tree? We actually pulled out the dead man body bag, used that as a tree saver. And uh, I'm like, okay, now we're going up. This should, this should work. But you know, if you really think about what we were doing, the angle was still pretty low to the ground. It's it was like-
0: higher, but it, wasn't, it still wasn't enough. Wasn't. And we didn't have enough winch line to go to the trees that were really high. Yeah. right. Because the problem that we had was you're going up this rock face and, and Jeep is vertical on the rock face Mm -hmm. right and so and and actually where adam was sitting is actually below the obstacle because you go up and over right so he's literally pulling you straight and down which which is which which is just sandwiching all it's doing is compressing the suspension right it's just compressing you against the rock Mm -hmm. and so you needed to pull yourself up the rock so we decided to go to the tree which was a much better angle but the problem with that is that the angle was off the trail, also. It Correct. was. It was the. It was not it was
1: up and to the right. Up into
0: and you needed to go up into the left. I did. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So it was like a. It was like a perfect storm of a bunch of bad decisions. Uh, by the point of, I think, where people were already, like I said, smoke tired. They just want to kind of get through yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I put all the blame on myself. Uh, I should know better, but this is how you learn. Like I. You know, I couldn't wipe the smile off my face from that day, only because of how much I think I gained in yeah. experience.
0: Yeah, I mean, only being out there is the only way, right? And you know, like you were saying earlier, you know, um, and not everything's gonna work out all the time. And it's these moments that you really gotta that you're where you're gonna learn, right? If everything right. goes perfectly, you're not gonna learn anything. You're just going to keep on doing what you do, and you're not going to build the skill set that you need. It's, sure. it's in these moments that you maybe you don't realize that it's happening, but this is where you kind of get your medal, right?
1: I got, I, got, I got to say it. <laughs> like, it's the difference between having a small dick and a big dick. Okay? So if you want to get that driver IQ up, you got to go through. You got to uh,
0: go through some hard times.
1: Got to go through some hard times, and we definitely did. So what ended up happening is we're winching, I'm gassing, and we're trying to do. Uh, by this time, Adam's actually sitting in my passenger seat. Manning the winch because it was such a pain in the ass for me to do it while I was trying to focus on my shifting and all that. Um, Long story short, I look to my left and I'm focused on the front left tire and suddenly the front left tire says, fuck you, Ollie, I'm out and goes to a 45 degree. pop. It just bowed out and I'm like, that's not good.
0: It was just a series. It was almost like a cascade of snap. Snap, snap, snap. Snap, 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 pop, pop, pop. And it, and I remember like because you know how things like when you're in the moment and, you're, and they're that stressful, they tend to happen kind of in slow motion. Mm-hmm. Like I remember the series of snaps and pops, like it, ha- like it took three seconds for it to happen, but it all happened in the span of like, like two seconds. Cord
1: at one point was like, all these stuff." Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, huh? like my foot at that time is like slowly going to the brake pedal, but within that same period of time, it's like. Snap, 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 pop. Right,
0: exactly. <laughs>
1: and I'm like, fuck.
0: And then all this cloud of dust. like I mean, it was, I mean it, if you were shooting a movie, you couldn't have coordinated it any better. It almost like, felt like
1: Kate <laughs> let out a big sigh and just like, said, oh, fuck it.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Full fuck. on They're Eeyore all... moment, right? And like just Eeyore like, I'm done. <laughs> She's so fat. She's like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody got some cakes and pies? I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> I'm done. I think I broke my ankle. (laughs) I think I broke my ankle. (laughs) Like that guy that's got his ankle flopping around and he's trying to walk and he's like, oh, shit. (laughs) My ankle's broken. Please stop.
1: (laughs) So, man. So here's the damage report. Uh, A union joint of my front left driver axle um the 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 u-joint uh broke yeah uh just blew up uh there were like bearings like just kind of around and yeah just grenaded uh the top uh bracket the top of the bracket of the knuckle my rancho racing knuckle the top bracket snapped so the caliper was loose and I have no idea about the order of operations here, so I'm just telling you the damage. Right. And then the three hub bolts, and if you've listened to any of our podcasts prior to this, you would have heard one of them where I'd talk about shearing off three hub bolts another time and having to replace them while the ones on the left side, the driver's side, they sheared. So you were dealing with a knuckle that was still connected to a caliper by one bolt, but that was completely off on the tire side. You had the um, the end of the axle on the tire side, but the other side of the axle was still in the vehicle. Um, people were people were adamant that I, when I pulled out that axle, I was going to have metal like chips and shit on the and the ball joints. Well, no, on the they on were the, saying they were f- teeth on the oh, teeth. Oh, that of, too. Yeah. yeah,
0: but they were also worried the ball joints. They, well, gone.
1: right off the bat, Scott thought the the ball joints had failed. Right, the exactly. ball joints actually were solid. Yeah, which is crazy. State, yeah, yeah. They might they might be a little worse for wear, but they're they they were on there right. no problem. So it wasn't the ball joints, and up to that point, Scott was like, "All right, she's sleeping here, she's she's taking a nap here. Oh yeah, and we're done."
0: Everyone's like, "What are we doing? Nothing." He's like, this, like "This this this Jeep's staying here. Yeah, it's sleeping here." Oh dude,
1: uh, that when he said that, I was like, "No, no." And then I'm like looking at it, and, <laughs> no. And Scott's like, "Yeah, ball joints are gone. It just came off." I'm like, "Wait, he hasn't even seen it." Yeah. And I'm like looking at it, going, "Oh, the hub bolts are sheared." That's not a problem because I had gone through it and bought three <laughs> extras after replacing all what of them What
0: are my- the odds? I mean, not, not not that you bought them, but that you bought three and we needed
1: three. And we needed three. I mean, actually, <laughs> truth be told, you could, you could have probably limped out on two. Yeah. And some bailing wire, but uh, I had three. Yeah. I had three, and once I once I got Scott to kind of like, you know, calm down, relax. Give into the situation.
0: Like, at least take a look at it, yeah. right? At least come over and look at it. Let's let's assess properly versus kind of jump into conclusions and assuming the worst. Right. And, yeah.
1: uh, and you know, Scott's such a positive dude, but I think he had just reached his limit yeah. at that point. Yeah. I think that was it for him. It's He's no like, fault of his. Yeah, it was, it we're was just late. Like, like... Fuckers can't be somewhere on time. <laughs> we
0: had 18 spotters, but only five people were actually there. Oh, my God. <laughs> but somehow we had like
1: three times as many spotters. <laughs> at one point, I may or may not have yelled at Adam going... Will you all just shut the fuck up and one of you speak? Right. And I didn't care who it was for me. I just needed a spotter, not multiple people yelling at me to do things. And oh, it was
0: that was pretty funny. And in a, in a, oh my gosh, kind of way. Like yeah. it was, and, and the, the sad thing is, and I'm sure you guys that have done trails a lot with your buddies know this, like you don't realize in the moment when you guys, when that situation is starting to happen. First, it starts with one guy's a spotter, and then another guy starts chiming in, whether because he has a different angle or he just right. thinks something's different, should be done differently. And then a third guy, and before you know it, without even like un- seeing it happen, there's everyone's involved. Mm-hmm. And you have a chorus of no, yes, higher, lower, faster, <laughs> slower, more gas, more brake, more passenger, more whatever. Like it's just this it, conf- chorus of confliction.
1: It becomes the epitome of a shit show. <laughs> And my best advice in that situation would be for, um, especially experienced guys and non-experienced guys. It's like, if you do have a suggestion, if you do have a point of view, tell the one guy who's doing the spotting, right? Like if you're seeing something you truly believe he doesn't understand or see, go to the guy who's doing the spotting and have one source of truth for the driver.
0: Yeah. In hindsight, like when I was thinking about this, you know, last week after it happened, I was just kind of thinking to myself, like what could like doing kind of a, a self-assessment on what I could have done better being present um i think the one thing that maybe could have helped us is establishing some kind of like leadership like i feel like and i don't mean like picking hey you're the leader of the trail i mean like in a situation in my opinion there's two there's there's two people that should be making decisions the person behind the wheel right and the person spotting that's it
1: well i mean honestly to his credit scott was the leader of yeah. this trip and i think yeah. we just had so many guys who'd There's a lot of
0: strong personalities and a lot of strong personalities. Yeah.
1: A lot of experience. So it's hard, I think, for some people to just like let go. But, you know, I was a little bummed. I think, again, Scott was blown. He was like, you know, spent so much time doing. And
0: we were exposed in the sun. We were all getting cooked. Like, yeah. So
1: I'm the last guy. Yeah. And this is after already being there for like over an hour and a half, two hours, whatever it was. On Um, this
0: one obstacle. Yeah.
1: And so I show up and it's like, you know, here we go again. And um, I think by that time, Scott had just kind of hit a hit a little wall. Yeah. Um, And I, I can totally like understand. It's cool. But for me, it's like, I look up to that guy because he really knows his shit really well. Um, And I, which will come into play later. Yeah. Right. (laughs) In hindsight, you know, once again, in hindsight being 2020, I think I should have just said, Scott, you're the only one who's talking to me. Yeah. No offense to Adam or anyone else who was saying stuff, but Scott, you're the only one talking to me. Totally. Let's do this. Um,
0: And that's what I mean, right? Like the guy who's driving should, should be choosing like who he's going to listen to and then, and making those decisions. And then once the guy driving says, that's my spotter, everyone refers to the spotter, right? Like everyone else who has an opinion or an idea about a line should be referring to the spotter. And that just keeps helps control the chaos.
1: I mean, here's the truth. If I'm up North on any trail, yeah, Adam's going to be my go-to. I will. I'll tell Scott to be quiet. Yeah. When you're in his
0: backyard, I'm in his backyard. So
1: Adam's driven those trails. I'm team. like amount of times, like whatever, like yeah. he's he's done it, and so he to me would be the source of truth. In Big Bear, that's Scott's backyard. Totally, and, literally, and he lives there, and he's done it multiple yeah. times, and he does it for fun, and he does it for speed, and he does it like however he wants to do it, he gets it done. Yeah, because he knows it that well. Exactly, and uh, and that's my mistake that I I should have just stuck to Scott and listen. If things got overwhelming. I think Adam was the closest person to me. And, you know, whatever. He
0: was a recipient of the frustration. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um. So anyways, long story short, that's what happened to the front left. We came together. Um, Scott's like, oh, shit. Well, yeah. If, I go, hey, if somebody had three of those bolts, we probably could get that wheel back on. He goes, yeah, if you had three of these bolts. I'm like, I happen to have three yeah, of these bolts. And
0: that's true because in other situations, you'd be like, who the hell is going to carry three of these? This yeah, guy. Yeah. This guy is. <laughs> I mean, as a matter of fact, I'm,
1: I'm kicking myself right now because I've. I've forgotten to uh, repurchase the six three. of them. Yeah. Well, no, I want I want to buy a shim- not more. Yeah, yeah. I want to <laughs> buy more. Uh, I
0: went to Home Depot and I bought one of those um, nuts and bolts boxes with a clear lid, mm-hmm. just for that reason. I am gonna knock on wood. I haven't had a problem with the FJ, but, but just carry around. Some... But there's definite bolts right that 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 are that you know. And the nice thing about Jeeps and and the fj is a lot of the bolts are the same size mm-hmm. you just need them you just need a bunch of them yeah. but most of them are very similar oh size. i see what you're saying yeah right yeah. so i could buy like 10 and they fit 10 different places like
1: there's multiple 19s there's exactly. multiple 13s yeah. exactly so if i yeah.
0: break one like like what happened in death valley right where the the bolt that holds um the the toe went the, the toe hitch on the tundra That's is the right. same is the same bolt that holds the, the control arm
1: or the control arm was yeah. it the control arm to the hub Yeah, like exactly.
0: That? And he's like, just pull the bolts, one of the bolts from the tow hitch. We're Fucking not towing anything. Yeah. yeah. And so it's that kind of it's that kind of knowledge, right? And find out well, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go when I go to my tech, I'm gonna say, Hey, what are the bolts on this thing, like around the suspension mm-hmm. and the upper and lower control arms? And so I can buy, go buy two or three of each, yep. right? And have them in this box and I'll label the box, upper, lower, you know, M eight by whatever, or M twelve by whatever, whatever yep. it is, and label this box, I'll just have it in the F J from now on.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I tend to overcarry tools because I always think in terms of, all right, I know what I need. Like, I need my nineteen. I need blah blah blah. Yeah. But it's like, well, what if Frank's there? Or like, you know, what if some other guy's there and I don't have the tool that I could have because it was at home? I still have a hard time not taking my yeah. entire <laughs> kit, which amounts to like two hundred plus pounds. Of we just, used it though. I yeah. mean, we
0: unfurled that thing on the trail on that rock, and we, I mean, we dug through pretty much everything on it. I had thing.
1: power tools. I had everything, and it. It all came. It all came to use. So. I'll tell
0: you one thing I did learn is um, from, or one thing I did learn that I can that I can use for the FJ um, that I'm probably going to do when I get my next service done mm-hmm. is um, I'm going to take off all those spline lugs, and I'm going to put standard lugs on that thing.
1: Oh, okay. Yep.
0: All those spline lugs that require a key, they're all coming off. Yeah. Because you lose that thing in the dirt, or it strips the key. Yeah. Yeah. For your game over. Yeah. Game over. So I'm just yeah. I'm just gonna go. And they make them. They make standard black colored you know painted lugs that I can put in there to replace those. And I mean yeah, you lose the security. But let's be honest. Anyone that's gonna steal your wheels has that key already. It's not it's not an uncommon key. True. Right, you can get that key from Amazon, and like, they,
1: they've got they've got tools that break those keys. Exactly, you just can't like, reuse not, the lugs.
0: Yeah, exactly, you just can't reuse the lugs. And, and then, if I'm stealing
1: your shit, I don't care <laughs> I don't anyways. Care about the lugs, yeah. right?
0: Exactly. So I'm just I'm just gonna go and bolt on some standard lugs, and and you know.
1: There's far easier things to steal on my Jeep than the, the wheels just Just take the whole damn thing, dude. Yeah. And if you and if you if you motherfuckers take it, like I don't ever want to see it again. Like, right. It don't better be gone. don't gut it and drop it in the
0: valley. No. Take that shit to Mexico and I don't ever want to see it again. God damn it. Like
1: I mean don't steal it. I, right. I, I like my Jeep, but if you were to, if it was to like meet an untimely end.
0: Yeah, and, the last thing I want is the insurance company to bring me back a shell of a truck and so i can cry as i look at it no yeah. thanks
1: it's not it's not technically totaled I'm like fuck. <laughs> <laughs> got so close so close <laughs> um no i mean it's funny like uh, a lot of people have asked are you gonna go get a gladiator Are you gonna get a bronco it's like actually my wife is getting the bronco um but uh no like i, I realize how much time and effort i've put oh, into this dude thing.
0: there's like there's there's sweat equity Tons. In, in that not thing. only my sweat though but it's yeah. like
1: it's the village Jeep. it's the community yeah
0: like we like we all own a little bit of Kate for like, the amount
1: of time and effort like totally martin is like you know vp of kate <laughs> it's martin from Milestar. that guy's put so much well no technically john would be john VP.
0: yeah john and and martin i think are both high up there yeah martin's
1: like the chief operating officer like it's yeah <laughs> yeah and then everybody else yeah, yeah. dude so we finally Get the hub bolts on. We pull off the caliper. She's we uh, we uh, uh, got a vice grip. One of my vice grips out. Actually, it's still connected. I haven't <laughs> fuck. I haven't got my you calipers. You guys need done to yet. see
0: the video that we did um, <laughs> yeah, when we when we got her off the trail about the vice grip and all the other stuff holding her together. All the cool aftermarket. It's parts. on. It's on the Rigforderd
1: Instagram. You'll see it. God damn it. Um. So we plugged off the we pinched off the the brake line, and it's amazing how well that holds up. Yeah, how surprised. Um, and, uh, yeah, what else? Um, Um, did all, hang on, did all that on the front.
0: Well, before you even go where I think you're going. Okay. Um, like, did you notice how much metal was in the dirt? from your oh, beadlock
1: shavings. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We we shaved off the Like of
0: that the was room. crazy. You could have like that was like a it was like a a a beer cans worth. The ring <laughs> like the ring got up, like, shaved like against, down. The, against this rock wall. We milled it just... down. It's now chrome.
1: <laughs> it went from gold to chrome. Yeah. <laughs> full um, <laughs> full um, polish No it actually it looks like shit. I wish it was polished. Yeah, no, was right. Garbage. Yeah. Um and that's good though. That's what the rings are for. They'll they're there to keep the beat on and also take all the abuse.
0: I mean, there was a, there was a significant amount of drama and effort around trying to get the tire back on. Right. I mean, that wasn't easy either. Yeah. Like trying to get the jeep up off the oh, rock. Oh,
1: geez. So that that happened in stages. Yeah,
0: that happened. That was the next thing after so the hub got here's in.
1: Here's one thing I would put out there is uh, jack extensions. If you have a bottle jack, multiple extensions for yeah. your bottle jack. Um, usually one jack won't do the trick. Yep. Don't under underestimate the power of a scissor jack. Yep, because it's very low profile and can get into things, Um,
0: which you never consider, right? Because you're always like, I need to get the vehicle high. But what happens when the vehicle is low? Right. And you need to squeeze a jack underneath, like, and and you can't dig because you're on rocks. Yeah, you can't dig a hole to put your jack down low. Mm -hmm. And but if you get the
1: scissor jack in, you can lift it up enough to get your bottle jack in. Exactly. You know, so it's almost like in my kit, I would want. Like a scissor jack, and I mean, this is a more weight, but ideally, a scissor jack and two bottle jacks. Yeah. Because then you could switch between each well, this bottle is, jack. Well,
0: this is where we talked about, remember a long time ago when we were talking about condoing our rigs way, 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 way back when? And we we kind of like brought this point where, hey, not everyone needs to carry everything. Right. Right. Right, and so if you had like one guy carrying one bottle jack, one guy carrying another bottle jack and a scissor jack, you can kind of spread the load a little bit, mm-hmm. so you're not always carrying all the bottle jacks, right? Right, and so I think that's something that we as a group should maybe have a more serious discussion on on our loadouts, so that we can say, hey, Frank, you're going to carry this scissor jack and or this bottle jack, I'm going to carry the scissor jack and the other bottle jack. Right. So when we're together, we have shit covered.
1: Yeah, that's what Eric was saying, right? Uh, from that episode, yeah, Eric was like, yeah, like if everyone carries. Kind of what's needed for overall, like the worst right. case scenario. Then, uh, then you distribute the weight. You distribute the weight, yeah, overburned. exactly.
0: And you're gonna need multiple people involved anyway, right? And so, then-
1: I mean, think really think about it. Like, you know, when you're thinking about a few hundred pounds of like tools, power tools, fucking vice grips, like yeah. all the wrenches, all the sockets. Like, if if you know you're with a certain group, well, one back could go in one vehicle. One yep. back could go in another vehicle. Exactly. That you know. <laughs> This would have been the perfect trip for that because totally. everyone like, know, was communicating for like weeks prior. And uh, I, I think that level of coordination maybe is missing a little bit. So I think the next time we do this, yeah. we'll have that. We'll have know, that conversation. Yep. Yeah. I mean, multiple jacks. It's it's funny that we got lucky. One person had a scissor jack, one person had a ball jack, and that was it across six rigs.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that was it.
1: There's no excuse. I have a safe jack. There's no excuse not to have had it. I forgot it. Yep. Yep. Sorry, but I. I but guess you brought that, the football. I did bring a football. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker doesn't have a jack, but he has a football. But he Has a football. <laughs> you know, throwing a pigskin with the boys over a brew.
0: So when we, when we were getting um, this is the other thing to consider. Right? Is is how the vehicle shifts. As you change the angle of the incline Mm -hmm. right and this happens at home in your driveway like when you raise the vehicle expect it's going to roll back or roll forward depending Mm -hmm. on where you're lifting it from right and so that's why it's so important to chalk the vehicle and so obviously in this case we couldn't really chalk Kate that well because Mm -hmm. all the rocks below it all they're all all loose they're They're all all loose loose. Yeah, yeah exactly so as they were lifting the front kate started rolling backwards a little bit and that put extra weight on the rocks that she was sitting on mm-hmm. which made them teeter and totter a little bit and you've got guys
1: underneath the underneath
0: vehicle. the vehicle so we we i remember we stopped immediately yeah. we yelled stop and everyone backed away and we started to rethink it
1: got a it, rock underneath the jeep got a rock
0: just, and then we started using the winch again yeah like we we hooked as, it back up to the as, tree
1: as a means to not allow the vehicle to roll back. to roll back and kill somebody
0: exactly. We anchored it to keep the jack from leaning. This right? was the
1: most technical recovery I've ever done. Hundred percent. So I mean, once you get through the mechanical of the wheel itself, and then you get through the mechanical of actually having to lift the vehicle that's in a very precarious situation, very precarious just to situation, get it tire yeah. and it was interesting because we ended up using the flat, which is really yes. cool. We ended up using the flat because you could compress one side of it, and you would lose like three, three plus inches, four inches, to get it lower. And I think that right. that was one of the things that helped us was having that flat tire.
0: Yeah, Funny to get enough. it on, to get to roll it off of the obstacle, right? Yeah, yeah, just
1: to roll it off. So you, and yeah. we put like we put like ten plugs in the side because it was a sidewall tear, right? Ten plugs in the side and one hole, three, two or three, in the, the, the other one, yeah, four, whatever, yeah, and it worked enough to hold some pressure and get the vehicle down and off. And right, then we had to go through the whole rigmarole of once it was down level. To pull off the tire because it popped out the plug. Yeah, which it ripped the plug off was, again. It yeah. wasn't unexpected. Yeah. Um, but the plug popped out, and I'm like, fuck, we just have to put on the...
0: The, the good tire. T- the good tire. Yeah, but now, but at least then we're off the obstacle, and... Which we're... was
1: a miracle, but wait, I'm getting ahead of myself. You are,
0: yeah. So once we did all that, we got the tire on, everyone thinks we're good to go. We're,
1: everyone thinks we're good to go, and I go in the back, and I'm like, man, I'm looking at Frank, I'm going, dude, this is... this is uh, that was, that was a hell of a recovery. I'm glad we yeah. did it. Like Kind of looking at the tire because we needed to get the tire to front. And Frank, uh, you look down and you go.
0: I was on top of the boulder looking down, and I could see between the body and the rear tire. I could see the rear shock. And just something looked hinky. Like something just didn't like, look hey, right. Really?
1: something that doesn't look right. I'm like, hmm?
0: I go, hey, check the rear because something <laughs> looks like it's broken. Like that, that rod is, I can't tell if my oh eyes my are messing God. with me. Or if something's not right and you duck under and.
1: Dude, so. I, instead of uh, coilovers, I had leaf springs. You had slinkies, dude. <laughs> I had slinkies, I had a whole new style of suspension. <laughs> Basically, what had happened I had full decompression, like of the shocks. So the f- shocks were fully decompressed. the The arms, the long arm kit arms, were bent because the entire wheel all of the four of them, yeah, was just like crashing yeah. down this fucker. And throughout the course of that, some way, somehow, something got bound up. Surprise, surprise, with the winch and everything. And it seems like the axle bound up. And it's funny, when I was at Bilstein, when I was taking him back to Broken Shocks, um, we could see where it was kind of eating into, like, the spherical bearing had rotated so much that the mount and the bolt from the mount was actually eating into the, oh, no kidding. the top hat and the lower the bottom part. Wow. So something was fully bound, and it's it was essentially like taking a, p- a stick or a pencil from both sides and starting to flex and put right. pressure on it. And it, it essentially did exactly what a pencil would do. It broke in it, it snapped the shaft. Snapped the, the shock shaft. shaft. Yeah. And that shaft is a very highly rated uh, shaft in terms of the steel that they use. I mean, is and that
0: like like high tempered chromoly steel, I, something like that? I, I,
1: I wish you know, as a brand ambassador, <laughs> I should know. I should know more technical specs, but I will after this. Um, whatever. Like, let's say, shock company A is rated at whatever. We'll say. I'm throwing a fictitious number out there, but yeah. twenty. These ones are rated at thirty. They're like they're a third better than than what's considered one of the most reputed, you know, shock brands. So yeah, yeah. as far as the material used and and it's like tensile, I guess. Is that the yeah, right? Yeah. Tensile yeah. strength. Yep. Um, so I snapped two. I snapped both. Both the left, <laughs> the left and the right. So not only did we have a front <laughs> left thing that we were all so happy we got fixed and <laughs> could have potentially continued on. Yeah. No, the rears were both Broken and let me tell you the difference between actually having suspension and not having suspension and actually, still having to go over a
0: few rocks. Frank, what did you tell
1: about it? Because I, I need to get another beer. All right. <laughs> so
0: the only thing I could I could probably make it akin to is if you've ever ridden in a covered wagon when you had to when you had to make your way west um, with your family and your kids in tow and your oxen, um, hoping that none of you got um, listeria or um, Some other retro super old disease. (laughs) This thing was like like was like riding on steel wheels. Like it was it was the craziest thing. And it was weird because it was deceptive because you still had the springs, right? The springs were still doing their work. And so for a while, when the conditions were just right, you were like, oh, this is actually pretty good. Like the Jeep's kind of moving up and down. You're not feeling anything. And then all of a sudden, you would get to a part that didn't feel like pavement where it was just slightly. Bumpy or off And then Wham Yep Straight to your spine like, <laughs> it Dude, like It was Let's just compress All that vertebrae All at once And make sure You never forget That quality shocks Make a big difference <laughs> I mean the entire time
1: I'm just waiting to hear From behind me That uh, we lost springs Or that they had yeah. Finally shot up Because the only thing That was keeping the springs yeah, what On Yeah was keeping them on The, sh- the remainder of the shock yeah. shaft Was wedged was Between skewered, the like, coils Wow And just kept it on It was amazing You have
0: to see the pictures On the iron's in- Instagram I mean I had,
1: that. I had to hammer the coils off when we were removing them. Yeah. Uh, me and my kid did it and uh I had to hammer them off cuz they were so there was so much like friction yeah. uh, between the two coils and the and the shaft and uh man. And you know what was really amazing? When I finally pulled those springs off? Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, that's yeah. The
1: Ibox springs? Yeah. Like and this is totally a plug for them like and but only because it did this <laughs> so not because I'm like planning it. But Took off the springs and I'm like, oh man, how bad are these? Work? These things are going to be like, yeah, they're, they're going to be wobbling, to shit. yeah. And I took them and I rolled them on the ground and they were like perfectly smooth. They like, were, yeah, perfectly holy straight. Holy shit! So <laughs> I've yet to go, but I talked to uh, my buddy Mark over at Eibach and he's like, yeah, bring them in. We'll do a full test on them. So that'll oh, be wow. a pretty cool piece of content. That is cool. They can that they can even do that. Yeah, that's right. we we'll, we'll test for wobble. We'll test for uh, deformities. Like, and the,
0: the crazy part is. They weren't in that condition for a short period of time. No. I mean, they were like that on the obstacle. We drove all the way out the trail like that.
1: I don't think I pulled them off until the following day after.
0: We drove to the to Scott's to the our near Scott's house to the cabin. What like was it that. like twenty
1: miles that we drove?
0: Yeah. Like, like off that. the trail. And then they went on a tow truck and yeah. it rode home like that. Yep. Right? Sat overnight. You know
1: On a tow truck, it's actually like uh it's it's um uh, what do you call it? They anchor it down. They yes. anchor the jeep down to the to the vehicle. Right. So there's a lot of pressure still on there's there. There's a lot of pressure still on it. Yeah. And then it sat in my driveway for a day. Yeah. Before I actually took. So them it off. wasn't
0: like they came off right away. And you're like, oh, you saved them. Like no. they were like that for a good while. I mean, if they're gonna deform,
1: <laughs> that's a good amount of time to yeah. do it. And uh, no, they they were smooth. So yeah, I mean Frank said it. We got what's what's truly amazing. and We talked about this before yeah. the podcast was we got back in time for dinner, and that there was is still the daylight. truly amazing part. There's fucking that,
0: daylight. Is that we left late? We didn't hit the trail until. it like fucked to- up the
1: entire day for everybody. Right, but-
0: <laughs> right. We left late. Didn't hit the trail until like ten. I and mean, we think we wanted to be out there by like nine. I think we hit the trail closer to ten thirty, but we wanted to be out there by nine. So we were like a good hour and a half behind the behind the ball, and we got home. Be- we got back to the cabin before dark. We were there in time for dinner. Like it was. That, to me, is mind-blowing, considering just how much went wrong. I mean, it's one thing to say you had a catastrophic failure on one of the hardest uh, trails or obstacles in Big Bear. It's another to have, essentially, two or three catastrophic failures and limp out and still get there before dark. So,
1: let's go through the checklist. Blown tire. Yeah. um, Sheared off brake caliper. uh, Sheared off hub bolts. Destroyed front left axle shaft. Um two rear broken shocks. That's a that's a hell of a grocery list for a fucking day on the trail. Yeah. For one trail. And not even part of
0: it. Right, not even the whole thing. God
1: (laughs) damn it. And I want to do chocolate thunder.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And that was you know what's funny? It's a good thing you bring that up because I said that to you, I think that on the trail where I was saying, Look, man, it's a good thing you did this first actually. Right. Because Chocolate Thunder is a whole different ball game than this and way more severe than this. So, you know, in hindsight, in the moment, it was super stressful. But in hindsight, you know, there was a lot learned. There was a lot of good people with us that helped us get through this, and you know, bound to onto bigger and better. Right, change things. You, I mean, you learned a ton, I learned right? A ton. So I'm sure you're going to change things up, yep. and what's coming, you'll probably modify some things.
1: So here's here's the the Ollie takeaway from from this. I put the equivalent of. And then granted, I will be the first to admit I did not pay full price. I have amazing sponsors and partners that came on board to make this happen. But I put, I would say easily at at retail, $35,000 worth of shit underneath the Jeep. 40, yeah. 000, I don't know, like almost the car went underneath the vehicle.
0: I mean, especially if you're factoring in both versions of it from the icon stuff. No, and all that no stuff I'm, just, now. I'm
1: just factoring in like what's there now. What's there now.
0: I believe it because, I mean, the axles alone.
1: 17K yeah. for extreme 60s. Yeah,
0: the axles alone are worth significant. Suspension.
1: Yeah. Um, the kit from uh, from Rebel, the installation, which alone. Right. let not even
0: factor in the labor, which is already another, yeah. you know,
1: lots of thousands. So, I mean, the e-locker, everything. Everything all right. combined, that's a lot of shit, right? Yeah. So, maybe it's not 30. Maybe it's like 20. I don't know. But it's it's up there, right? It's yeah. It's five digits, easy. Uh, in either way is
0: either way it's, it's another car's worth. My my point of like <laughs>
1: saying that is not to say oh look how much no it's to say even after all of that. I had this thought that oh, it's installed it's on, game on. There's so much more that goes into it. Um, I mean, first of all, you're looking at race suspension that's on a Jeep. Second of all, you're yeah. taking a seventy two hundred pound vehicle, and going at a high rate of speed on trails as well as putting it through some major abuse yeah. on the trail. And you, you mentioned this, you're like when a race car does its race or does its thing, it goes back it retires and they strip it down. They repair it and, it and it
0: lives life as a race
1: car. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm using this thing as like a daily driven, like taking the kids to school, going to the mall, you know, um, <laughs> um, Personal transport.
0: Yeah, and race cars, I mean, they don't have, like, superfluous stuff in there, right? You're not going to have your the dude's backpack in there, right, that's sure. driving. It's it's the driver and all the gear they need to race and, right. the, and the co-driver. The like close.
1: I mean, the closest thing that comes to it is like, Ultra 4 racing, which is, yeah. like, they have all the tools and they right. to do, like, self but, but there's no
0: and, extra, right? There's no, like, bare minimum, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly.
1: It's and the, in my case, it's, like, Frank's in there with his gear. Yep. My shit's in there. Uh, I got a tent, water, like... All yeah. that shit, the shit that makes Scott cringe, right? Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> And and it's like I'm doing the stuff that you have very purpose-built vehicles doing, right? Exactly. Um, purpose-built vehicles like Scott's Trail Reaper or right. you know, Adams or uh, that one dude mobile, and uh, it shouldn't be it shouldn't be on those trails. I'll be the first to say. It. But the uh, the point was always to kind of. Do that stuff exactly. That's what i was gonna vehicle. say. I'm like,
0: on the other hand, you're doing something that is not the norm, and you know that you're not going into it ignorantly, saying, ah, "I've got, it. I'm gonna treat this thing like a race car because it's a race car." No, you know it's not a race car. Right. You know what it is. You know what you're trying to accomplish. You want to. You are intentionally pushing the boundaries. Sure. And so when you push the boundaries, this is what happens, right? And not, and I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm saying that like it's trial and error right like you have to go through these experiences so that you can start so you can learn where the weak points are and make modifications if you want to continue to wheel the way you're wheeling right, right? because you don't have a you don't have a guide to go by if you go ultra four racing there's a shit ton of people that have done that before you right. and there's a lot there, there's a there's a basic guide
1: on but how This to, is exactly ex- what you need exactly. if you want to do it at the bare minimum exactly beyond that it's on you but yeah and Exactly. for me it's like well, this overlanding thing's cool, but it's not <laughs> as fun as rock crawling or fast driving, so right. I'm going to try to do all of it. Right. And it's, you know, I mean, it's it's coming with the expected challenges. Yeah, I, 100%. You know, when I pitched this whole project to people about doing Chocolate Thunder with a vehicle like this, it, uh, it was always at the forefront. It's a heavy-ass vehicle. Yeah. What do I need to make it work? What do we need to, like, do? And we're starting to learn.
0: Yeah, exactly. And maybe you do have to lighten it up, but what, but what and how? Like, to, to maintain... To maintain your a certain degree of of self sufficient camping, sure, right? What you know? Where can you lighten up? And I make this case when people ask me when they're getting into overlanding, they're like, "Well, what do I need?" And I go, "Look, before you start buying a ton of shit, consider this: people go in the backcountry for a week with, with a backpack, a, with a fucking backpack. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm not saying that that's what you have to do, right? You can buy creature comforts and make yourself more you know, more comfortable than right. those guys because you have a vehicle. But consider that. Right? You're these guys are living out of a backpack for a week. Right? So you're so, you know, you can make decisions that that will keep your creature comforts, but also lighten your load if you're strategic about it. Right. And I think we're getting to that point. You where- shut your whore
1: mouth. <laughs> No, we're not. At any point, we're at the point of how do I beef up shit to carry my goose gear full like, cabinetry? This is the moment. This is the moment where you hear beep.
0: Frank is no longer part of this podcast. He's been ejected from the seat and okay. will not be ever
1: heard from again. Because here's, I mean, it's got a full goose gear like plate system, cubbies. Do I need it? No.
0: I say that as I'm about to put a fridge in the engine. yeah, yeah.
1: It's got it's got a 42 liter snowmaster fridge, which is. Far larger and heavier than (laughs) some of the other fridges that my friends have who are rock crawlers um, who are trying to become the Rocklander thing. Right. I mean, fuck. Adam's about to put a fucking tent on his- Is he really? uh, Yeah, he's going to put a tent on his Oh, okay. Well, then he has
0: no room to talk. Yeah.
1: (laughs) But but the reality is, it's like still, (laughs) there's so much more shit that I have in terms of creature comforts. Right. That uh, he'll never have. Right. I mean, he may, but he'll he'll probably end up in the same position I'm in right now. Yeah, and um, I'm not,
0: and again, like I, my point is basically like, look, you've already done some of that, right? You went from the big, you know, fifty inch tent yep. down to the smaller tent, eighty right? inch, or, 80 sorry, inch. eighty inch. Yeah. Sorry, you went yeah. from the big tent down to the smaller tent, right? And so, my that, and that's my point.
1: But right? I but I did supplant it with forty two liters of water, and sure, so it's like I I haven't really taken a lot away from it. I've added. Still more shit. Right. To it.
0: And so that's that's where you have to continue the process, right? It's just kind of see, well, what do I need forty liters? Maybe I just need a five gallon sure. for for the weekend trips. For longer trips, I can throw the forty liter on there for sure. But for for if I'm gonna go out with the guys on this trip, I'll mm-hmm. just throw a five gallon Rotopax pack well, on there.
1: Here's here's another thing. It's like um, that kind of stuff. You guys a lot of you guys have uh tire carriers on the backs of your rigs. I mean, had I not had that tire carrier, a lot of my mass wouldn't be sitting. Behind my rear axle. That's true. Creating that leverage. That's true. And I saw a great video with Scott, actually. He did a little IG live where he's talking about his rear tire carrier and how he won't run it on some things because he doesn't want that weight. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, that's that's, a good point. That's a fucking excellent point. And And my my tire carrier is as beefy as it gets. Yeah. It is probably the beefiest rear tire carrier you can get for a Jeep. It's a fully caged, tubed out, steel, all steel, you know, tire carrier. And, uh, you know, that did not help my situation yeah. that day at all.
0: Yeah. But these are the things, right? Like we said earlier, you know, live and learn and reevaluate kind of where, where you're coming out at this. And, you know, I'm not saying we're not going to stop trying it.
1: No. Right. No. I mean, like my, my goal now is not to like, all right, where can I line up? My goal right now is okay. How do we restructure the suspension potentially to allow for more vertical travel versus right. inward travel, which it currently has. So you know, do we go outboard instead of inboard? Um, I need to beef up the brakes. You know, I definitely want to beef up the brakes and, uh, we need to, we need to kind of think about maybe trusting some stuff out and, you know, so gusseting some things like there are things now that I'm thinking, okay, I saw where that broke, where that failed time to like maybe address it. So exactly. I may, I may have a few days, uh, driving up North and hanging out with John Yeah. to, uh, To add some more steel, more weight. (laughs) We're we're adding more
0: weight. We're going the other direction.
1: Unsprung mass,
0: right? Um, Strategic weight,
1: yeah. To the vehicle, strategy, and and see what uh, see what we come up with. But you know, I'm excited. I at this point, you know, I've got my little 500e Fiat that I cruise around (laughs) in. You know, gets me mostly to where I need to be. It's a
0: good thing that Kate is not your only vehicle. Correct, because that stops me from doing a lot of stuff in the FJ. Right, like that. It's like ah, I need to drive this home. Yeah, and there's
1: that sticker like don't forget you got to drive it home, stupid. Right, exactly. <laughs> I mean no matter what you got to get it off the trail, which Right. we we coming to that point there was that cold sweat feeling of like fuck, is this thing just going to stay here? I now? was
0: even worried about getting off the mountain because the suspension I was worried about the truck wobbling yeah. too much on on the flatbed. Yeah. And I mean luckily it was like a yeah, champ. I mean dude, yeah, it was solid. So The driver was good. Yeah, it was we good. were
1: good. Anyways, guys, so you know, confidence is great. Being confident of yourself, your skill, your vehicle—fantastic. Humility is also equally great. Yeah. And I think uh, this experience, when if I was to put one word to it, it was humility. Um, definitely, you know, Martin was telling me, but I was—I'm n- never gonna fucking listen to you until I go through it, right? <laughs> right. So, so Martin, Martin would Martin from also was like Ali, you know. Can't rock it that hard, bro. You gotta <laughs> chill. And I'm like, "Fuck you! I'm setting it everywhere." Watch me. <laughs> and he's like, "There's only so many tires I'm gonna give your ass," um, which I actually have to get another two tires from him. Uh, sorry, Martin. but you know, but I understand now what he was saying because he's gone through it. Yes. And so now I'm going through it, and yeah. now I'm learning. And you know, I think in the future, like something more off-road capable, ultra force style, like fast would be in the in the cards yeah because i love that i'd be down for that i love that driving but uh we'll see we'll see where it goes for be, now would, for if now any, we're if still any doing major sponsors thing.
0: are listening and they want to sponsor an rfd ultra four hey
1: i got my code dog right here we're in i'm ready to drive i don't care about going <laughs> fast with a lot of weight um <laughs> but uh yeah anyways Actually, I talked to I talked to Josh from Off the Grid. Yeah. And he's got his whole program going yeah. right now. He's, oh, yeah. Dude, I'm so stoked that for looks, him. Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm a little jealous so of that. So much fun. So much fun. Um, so anyway, stay tuned. More to come, as usual. But uh, I say it's a good time to maybe pay the bills. Yep, let's do it. We didn't even talk about Peterson. Oh, we didn't. That'll I'll be on the next <laughs> That'll episode. That'll be on the next one. <laughs> Shh.
0: Uh, first up is a uh, good friend of ours, personal friend of ours, De- Jason DeMello yep. at DeMello Off-Road, um, who's got all of his wares on display on the FJ, um, and soon, I guess, on a Bronco.
1: On a Bronco, my wife's Bronco, yeah. so stay tuned. So
0: stay tuned. Um, he's, he is building out uh, stuff for the for the Bronco, and I think the Ranger as well, um, and he has stuff currently for all of the Toyotas and even some of the Lexus models. So yep. look him up, DeMelloOffRoad.com.
1: We don't just do Toyotas at Tumbelo right. Off Road. Exactly, we wrench on all that shit.
0: <laughs> Which he does, by the way. You need suspension installs and all that kind of stuff for your Toyotas. He does all that. Yeah.
1: Um, next up, we've got our buddies over at Milestar Tires. Uh, Martin and Andrew have been huge, huge partners in uh, in in this podcast. Saw the value of it very early on and jumped on it. I mean, literally, the conversation for me took like ten minutes. I mean, I, I can't say how thankful I am. To have both of those guys in our lives yeah uh part of this podcast and also martin who's been nothing but instrumental just personally yeah as yeah a, as a friend on, on my vehicle as yeah. a friend everything it's just a good fit good family um and then
0: um and then of course our other good friends and also family rebel off-road um those guys have been taking care of us for years um you know working on working on the fj working on kate um the dss like seriously. you name it and just good people to bounce stuff off of for me like i you know i'll come in with an idea and i want something done and you know they'll kind of we'll assess the situation and kind of what we want to accomplish and you know they have between bond and the guys up front like they have that knowledge to really so much experience yeah to guide you and keep you from making costly mistakes you know so check them out rebeloffroad.com um and they've got a lot of good gear on their website too by the way
1: and then, you know, if you need some lights, go check out KC lights. Yep. We got good lights. good lights. A lot of people have great lights. We've got great lights. Like if you vibe with what we're doing, yep. Come uh come check it out because it's it's some really cool shit. And you know, one thing I will say and I make a public announcement is the entire industry is suffering from this fucking shipping nightmare <laughs> that we're all going through, okay? Every industry. Every, every in- industry, especially the outdoor industry, like, but Shimano, KC. Every, like Shimano has nothing to do with off road vehicle, whatever, yep. but we're all dealing with the same shit everyone so, is
0: containers are insanely expensive Oh my God. um yeah sh- the shipping is getting more expensive the the raw materials are getting more expensive everything
1: covid this is like the traffic i like to call it the la traffic jam but aka covid yeah and essentially what happened was it put the brakes on real quick for a lot of shit
0: it put the entire world on the 405
1: yeah and <laughs> you know it was just like a it was like a Blown out tire on the road. Nothing major, but everyone stopped. Yep. So now we're all starting to roll again, and it's going to take a minute. It's going to be a slow roll. Yep. So exactly. um, just have some patience. I know a lot of people are getting agitated, like, I put my order in, you know, blah, blah, blah. Oh, it's yeah. Like, dude, we feel you. Yep. And we totally commiserate, and we want you to get the stuff.
0: Trust me. We would love nothing more than to deliver product Shimano to you. Shimano wants
1: to get yeah. bike parts out to yeah. people, we right? we would
0: love nothing more than to deliver product to you.
1: So... <laughs> anyways just keep that in mind but we are we are definitely taking the game by storm uh, we got a lot of new products coming out yeah, we've got yeah. a new product coming out late June that I can't wait to talk to you guys about um, a pretty iconic product that's getting revamped so stoked and uh, yeah just just cool shit coming so thank you guys thanks
0: guys don't forget to check us out at rigfordirt.com on our website we've got some cool merch uh, for sale, you get t-shirts, patches, stickers, all that kind of fun stuff.
1: What episode was this? Was this like 62? 62, yeah. So, I mean, by this time, hopefully you've listened to a couple. Give us a little review. Yeah. You know, tell us what you think. Uh, tell the world what you think. Tell them, yep. tell them how much you think you we suck or we're great, whatever. iTunes,
0: Spotify, yeah. all that kind of fun stuff. Let, let us know. Uh, we also have the Rig for Dirt group on Facebook. If you want to get up close and personal, yep. um, you can you can check us out there. We're always hanging around. Find out about
1: events. Exactly. That we're doing. Find out about
0: events that we're doing. We do post them up there. In so. person
1: or to. Again, so, yes. So we already had our first uh, couple of OCs. Yep. We had a Peterson event up in LA, which we'll talk about at the next podcast. Yep. And then uh, we're about to kick off LA again, Exciting. thanks to our partners over at MileStar. Exciting. And uh, and then also San Diego is going to get kicked off. So July first week OC, second week LA, third week uh, San Diego. Be on the lookout for uh, posts about those. Um, they're coming. We're coming back.
0: All right. Thanks for listening, guys. I'm Frank at Trucking Me Truck Base. I'm Oli at Kidney Jeep. Thanks, guys.